Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. Yesterday we talked about should we pray to Mary? The response on social media was insane, and I had to do a part two. So that is what this is today. So we're going to get right into it. Here is a 60-second take on why it is unbiblical to uh, pray to Mary. And listen, if you have the traditions of man, if you've got pride, if you're rigid in your own thinking and you're not open to diving into the Scriptures to find out if what you even believe is true, um, then you're never going to hear this. So please, at least be willing. You know, I'm not trying to teach you some new thing. This is—I'm saying it's from the Bible— And go examine the Word and find out if I'm telling the truth or not, and ask the Spirit to lead you. So, without further ado, here's 60 seconds on why it is unbiblical to pray to Mary or even ask her to help for prayer. So, Jesus came and He died to restore us to the Father. Now, clearly, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they are all one, three in one. It's the triune God. However, they are different also. The Holy Spirit is not who was crucified on the cross. God the Father was not crucified on the cross. Jesus was. Jesus wasn't praying to himself in John 17. He was praying to the Father, and he said, God, I want man to be one with you just like I am. And he went and died. Sin was cursed in the flesh through Jesus Christ, whom Mary was the mother of. She is the mother of Jesus Christ. When we say she's the mother of God, we make it seem as if she's the one who mothered the Godhead, right? It's wrong. Anyways... Uh, Jesus dies on the cross. He makes a way for us to God and says, I am the only way to God. You can't get to him through, through anyone else but me. Now he has ascended to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us daily. People say, well, we pray to Mary so that we can get closer to God. Wrong. Jesus is as close to God as anyone's ever going to be. And he said, you come to me uh, for you know, intercession to reach God. You come through me. It's what he paid for. When we go to Mary, what we're saying is either we don't believe Jesus is enough or we just don't believe his word and we think we need some extra help. This is the traditions, the doctrines, the opinions of man. It is demonic. It is not biblical. That's why we're hitting this episode today. So we're going to get into some scriptures. We're going to go through some of these popular Instagram comments and just kind of dissect them a little bit so that you guys can, you know, rightly judge what's going on. Now, let me just start with this. It's not Mary hate to point out that praying to her, asking her to pray for you is unbiblical. I'm not hating on Mary. I don't hate her. I'm not mad at her. I'm not whatever. She didn't do anything, actually. It's man that has made her out to be some type of uh, woman worth worshiping or worth praying to or worth whatever. It's nothing to do with Mary. I love Mary. I mean, Mary's a human being, and she was the mother of Jesus Christ. It's pretty significant. Um, But I do care about teaching the body of Christ to follow the word and not man's tradition. So anyone who says, why does everyone hate Mary? That is that is a lame argument. You're diverting the total point of the debate, the argument, the point I'm trying to make, and you're making it about something sensual. Why are you mad at Mary? We're not even talking about being mad at Mary. I'm talking about praying to Mary, which is wrong. Here's my bottom line, and, and I would challenge anyone to find me this, and I will make a personalized apology video. Find me one scripture that justifies or encourages or teaches to pray to Mary or anyone else except Jesus Christ or the Father. 
just find me one scripture. I am not asking for the the background of the biblical, what you think ground framework is to have Mary involved. I'm not asking for that because I believe this is a human tradition that has been justified through various scriptures, not only taken out of context, but that by principle alone violate the teachings of Jesus Christ. I'm going to break every single one down that I can think of or that's mentioned on social media. But you will never find one scripture. And listen, I know we don't make biblical arguments off of one scripture, but the point I'm making is that you can't even find one scripture to argue that anyone ever taught to pray to someone other than God. Jesus himself said to his disciples, there's going to be a day where you don't ask me for anything. You're going to go straight to the Father in my name. So when we say, well, I want to pray to a saint for help, what you're saying is, Jesus, I don't believe you. I need more help. Or you're saying, Jesus, you're not powerful enough to go through I don't believe that I can just approach God through you. I don't believe that I can just come straight to you. I need help from a saint, from another human being. That is demonic. It is wrong. It is unbiblical. And I'm here to rip the veil off of people's eyes, pull down the blinds, and hopefully we can pull off the blinds, whatever, and get people to see truth. Here are a couple main arguments that were brought up. One big one, which again... I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful. Um, I realize that these are people's beliefs. This is what you were brought up believing um, and taught. And, and you know, people, especially uh, my Catholic friends, they, they're very um, religious. They're very, you know, disciplined in their religious beliefs and studies and all that stuff. And I respect that. I think that modern, you know, Christianity uh, denominations that are not Catholic um, could really glean from the discipline within the Catholic Church. With that being said, there are many traditions that are absolutely unbiblical. And you know what? Any traditions in any church that are unbiblical need to be called out. Right now, we're talking about Mary because this is a massive one. So, with that being said, some of these arguments that were brought up, I, I honestly was chuckling to myself, because I. but then I was sad because I'm like, how do people actually believe this? Here's the first one. Someone said, listen, the angel came up to Mary and said, Hail Mary, you know, full of grace, you've found favor with the Lord. And they said, why would an angel approach Mary this way if she wasn't sinless? That is a leap, to say the least. Let's break this down. First of all, hailing someone, it's not some recognition that they are divine or sinless or perfect or whatever. Hail is a greeting. I mean, you can look up the, the original translation of that word. Even other biblical translations say greetings, like the angel says greetings. But in the King James, it says hail. Okay, so it's important we understand what that word means. It doesn't mean anything else except a greeting. The angel is greeting her. Now, was Mary full of grace? Yeah, according to the angel, she was. Does that make her sinless or perfect? No. I know many people who are very graceful and they are still sinners who need to be born again or they were sinners who have been born again. Being full of grace does not equal being sinless. Okay, they say, well, how would she find favor in the Lord if uh, she was not perfect? 
again, I know people that have favor that they are born into sin. Why? Because Romans 3.23, listen, the Bible will never contradict itself. And if an opinion of man violates the very principle of the Bible, you need to get rid of it. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. It does not say, except of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus, the mother of God, the queen of heaven and earth. That is nowhere in the Bible. Guys, I'm not hating, and listen, if you've got pride up, if you have walls up, if you're letting your religious upbringing and traditions blind you and deafen you to truth, then you're not going to get anything out of this. At least hear this and say, you know what? I am confident enough, I'm secure enough in my identity that I can at least go find out if what this guy is saying is true. I'm not over here preaching a different religion to you, so don't be afraid. I'm not over here a heretic, false preacher trying to get you to believe something that's not. We, we all agree that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. And we all know the gospel. Okay, but when it comes to Mary, she was a sinner. I don't understand why this is hard to understand. People said, well, she was a virgin. Yeah, okay, there's, there's probably millions of virgins on the earth right now, and they are all headed to hell unless they get born again. Why? Because we're born in sin. The seed of sin is passed through the man. Okay? Was Mary born of a virgin? Or did she have a mom and dad? Um, she had a mom and dad, which means she was born as a human being, just like everybody else, in sin, needing a Savior. Now, Mary herself was a virgin, that's why she could not be. Jesus couldn't come from a, the seed of a man because the seed of a man is sinful. That's why Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. She was undefiled, which just means she hadn't had sex. The Holy Spirit impregnated her, and Jesus was birthed from a woman who had never been with a man. That's all that that means. So Jesus is the immaculate conception because God impregnated Mary by the Holy Spirit. So there was no sinful seed passed through Mary. Jesus was perfect when he was born, and he lived a perfect life. This is what we believe. That has nothing to do with Mary being sinful or sinless. She's born into sin just like everyone else. Are we on the same page here at least? Okay. Um, let's get into some of these comments that are on social media. Here's one. There are certain things in life that Jesus won't come near you till he sees your truest faith, and praying to Mary helps bring you closer to Jesus. Again, this is a sensual argument. Um, there is not one Bible verse in the whole Bible that talks about this ever. So when someone argues from experience and it's not biblical, they have no legs to stand on. So when you say praying in your truest faith helps to Mary helps you bring you closer to Jesus. That is, that's not biblical. So that's not even an argument. It goes on. I have many testimonies of Mary helping me. This is where it gets scary to me because if you think you're talking to Mary, you're not. Ma Mary is not talking to you from heaven. Mary is not taking your prayers and handing them over to Jesus. 
So just because you have an emotional experience or maybe even things have come to pass in your life, that does not, the ends do not justify the means. She says, protecting and guiding me still to this day until Jesus is ready to save me from this situation. Mary is protecting me and my children. That is such a scary thing to say. You're saying Jesus is not protecting me. Actually, Mary is. That is idolatry. You have put Mary before God. And you could say, well, I still love God. I still worship God. Who are you praying to? Because whoever you're praying to is who you're trusting in. You trust in Mary to send your prayers to God? Guess what? You're using Mary as a mediator, as an intercessor, and that is idolatry. I need to say it straight up. If you pray to Mary, you are guilty of idolatry. Okay, let's find another comment. Um, If Mary was born in sin, how could she have carried Jesus in her womb? I just explained that because sin, it, it doesn't just get on the baby. A baby is created because a seed comes in contact with an egg and it forms a human being. Well, the seed of a sinful man did not come in contact with Mary's egg. The seed that came from God came in contact with her egg. So there was no sinful seed in a baby Jesus Christ was formed. This person says, he would not have grown in a sinful vessel because sin literally corrupts DNA. Again, um, there, that is not in the Bible. Mary had to have been made clean before she, he was in her womb. She still needed a Savior, Jesus, to do that, but he had to have applied his finished work on the cross to her even before he did. Okay, so now what's scary about this is to make a point, we are stretching the scriptures to fit our narrative. This person just said, Jesus applied the finished work of the cross to Mary's body in order to allow this situation to work, even though he hadn't gone to the cross yet because he was not even born. Guys, do you see how when you really dig into these arguments, people do not have a good leg to stand on? And I'm not here to say I'm right and you're wrong. I do not care about that. I care about truth, and I don't want any of my followers in idolatry. I don't want you deceived. I don't want you praying prayers to anyone other than God through the torn flesh and name of Jesus Christ. Listen, do you not believe Jesus Christ? Listen, if you pray to Mary, I want you to sincerely hear me right now. If Jesus says you have direct access to the Father God, through me. Why do you go to Mary? If you say, because she helps me, then you do not trust in Jesus. And I'm not being mean. You can't trust Jesus if you don't obey him and listen to him. If Jesus Christ, our Savior, says, hey, you have direct access to God through me. This is what I paid for. And you say anything except, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. You're wrong. If Jesus says, hey, you have direct access to the Father, the creator of all things, heaven and earth, through me. This is what I paid for. And you say, yeah, but you're wrong. Yeah, but I just want to use Mary to help me get to you. And Jesus would say, are you kidding I'm telling you, you have direct access. You don't need Mary. She's actually 
not going to do anything for you. She is not an intercessor. I am. In fact, my word says that I have been made the high priest forever and that I intercede daily to the Father because I sit at his right hand on your behalf. This is what I'm doing. I am the great mediator forever between man and God. And I even have my word to say that there is no other mediator. There is no other way to God. And if you say anything but, oh my gosh, Jesus, you're right. I'm sorry. I had it wrong. I'm ready to come straight to you now. You are wrong. If you yeah but Jesus in that moment, because that is what the Bible says, you can go look it up, and I put a lot of those scriptures in this post. If you say, yeah, Jesus, I understand that, but I just believe Mary will help you. You are in pride, and you are willfully disobeying God. There's a difference between being brought up in the church and being taught something and being in ignorance because you've been taught. It's not your fault. This is what you were taught. Well, I am coming to tell you this teaching is wrong. And I had a comment that said, what, are you going to tell 1.3 million or billion Catholics that they're all wrong? Um, yes, I would say that. If all of those Catholics said, we believe in praying to Mary or using Mary, I would say all of you are wrong. And that's not because I'm in a high place or I'm smart. That's because the Word of God contradicts your belief. I don't care how many people there are. I don't care how long this tradition has been going on. You won't find it in the Holy Bible. And sometimes, to make their point and their argument, people say, well, there's 71 books in the Bible, 73. Some books were left out. This was taught in those other books. Well, then you're saying you don't trust in God to preserve His Word, and now you're basing your theology off a book that is not a part of the Bible. That is also a dangerous place to be. You see, when you start scrapping for other justifications outside of the Bible, we call this extra-biblical when you start doing that, you are in a very dangerous place. Are you guys with me so far? Okay, here's another one. As Jesus hung on the cross, the Bible records that he spoke seven final statements. The third saying recorded in John 19, 26-27 expresses the Lord's care and concern for his mother. Well, of course, I mean, he's not a heartless person. He was a human being with feelings. He was a he was a baby, he was a toddler, he was a youth, he was a preteen, a teen, a, a, an adult, a man. Of course he cared for his mother. They go on. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, talking about John, standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. That's a wonderful thing to do because Jesus was dying and could no longer care for his mother or be there for her in any type of way. And so he says, John, I want you to care for my mother just like I would. Mother, this is your son. The unnamed disciple whom Jesus addressed was the Apostle John himself. Most scholars believe Joseph, Mary's husband, was already dead. Traditionally, the oldest son in a Jewish family was duty-bound to provide for his mother's care. By entrusting Mary to John's care, Jesus was fulfilling his family's responsibility as a devoted son. Perfect. There is no indication there that that was Jesus declaring Mary as the mother of all, and as the mother of, him, of, of God, right, of the Father God. Mary was the mother of Jesus. We've already covered this. Of course, Jesus is God. But when people say the mother of God, you're making it sound to the world like Mary mothered God, the creator. 
God came in human form, which is Jesus Christ. Again, I'll make the argument. God the Father didn't die on that cross. In fact, 1 John 4.12 says that no one has seen God at any time. When Jesus prayed, he didn't say God the Father. He just prayed to God. So when I say God didn't die on the cross, don't crucify me for what I'm not saying. I'm saying what Jesus said. He was praying to God. He was the Son of God. He, he had a pretty clear understanding of his identity and who God was. I'm walking in that same revelation. When I'm talking about God, I'm talking about the Father. When I'm talking about Jesus, I'm talking about the Son. When I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the Spirit. This is just people who want to try to make a new argument to detract from the Mary thing. They say, oh, what, brother, you don't believe Jesus is God? Give me a break. Like, that. that is not even the argument. And yes, of course I believe that. Okay, here's another comment. I hope this is helpful, guys, just to break down some of these arguments because they're just not biblical or they're just kind of, they're ignorant. They're just kind of thrown together out of emotion. You are so wrong, someone says. Jesus is God. I never said he wasn't. I totally agree. I preach that because it's in the Bible. And we acknowledge that the power belongs to God and God alone. Okay, I'm with you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. Totally with you there. So, that makes Mary the mother of God and the queen of heaven, so she can pray for us and can help us. You are so wrong. Okay, so where did we make a leap from the Trinity being something real to Mary being the mother of God and now the queen of heaven? That's, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, I don't even know how to argue with that. It just doesn't make any sense. Let's let's look for one more. Okay, here's a here's another one. Luke one forty three. Elizabeth literally says, "This is another comment." And why is this granted me that the mother of my Lord should come? Elizabeth regards to Jesus' divinity, mother of my Lord, clearly means she is the mother of God. Again, Jesus is God in human flesh and. He was not called God. He was called Jesus Christ because that's who he was. Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus, the Messiah. He was the son of God and he talked about his father. And the reason that I harp on this is because when you continue to make the argument that she's the mother of God, she's the mother of God, she's the mother of God, you are placing a reverence on her as if she has some high authority in heaven when she does not. She was the mother of Jesus Christ on the earth, and she needed saving just like anyone else. Is this making any sense? I really hope that you guys are catching this. Here's the bottom line as we wrap this up. Jesus paid the price on the cross for you to have eternal life. John 17, 3 is Jesus talking, and he says eternal life is this, that they may know God and his one true son that he has sent, his only son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. So Jesus makes it clear, eternal life is knowing God and his son. It doesn't say anything about Mary there. Okay, so God sent his son to die on a cross so that we could be made right with him. Jesus came, and he did what the Father did. He said what the Father said. So when people say, well, Jesus obeyed his mother at the, at the wedding when he did his first miracle, clearly she had some authority over him. 
Well, one, I mean, yeah, she was his mom. He's not a disrespectful boy or, you know, adult basically by that time. But two, the Bible will not contradict itself. Jesus said, I only do what the Father is doing. So if Mary suggests that, that Jesus should do something, guess what? Jesus does it when the Father says it's time to do it. Oh, here's the other one. Here's the other one. When um, they came to collect Jesus, and they said, your, your mother and, and all these people, they're, they're asking for you. And he says, who is my mother? Who, who are my brothers? The ones who do my will, the ones who do the will of the Father, that is who my family is. And people say, see, Mary did the will of Jesus, and that's why Jesus is publicly making it known that he is her, her son and she's the mother. That is total misinterpretation of that scripture. In fact, in that passage, Jesus was separating himself from blood ties. And what he's saying is, hey, who's, who is my mom and dad and my, my brothers and sisters? Who are they? I will tell you what is more important to me than blood. Those who do the will of my father. That's my family. There is a kingdom family. And loyalty to this kingdom family means obeying God. It's not about blood. Blood's thicker than water and blood over everything and family over everything. Jesus is saying, no. I'm not loyal to the soil with family. I'm loyal to the soil with my father. And anyone who does his will will become his child, and we will all be in a family. These verses that people are using, they don't make any sense. Guys, let me finish with this final thought. Jesus made a way for you to get to God. God's the one who created you. God created the whole earth. He created the universe, the heavens. He created everything. He even created Adam and Eve, and through that bloodline, uh, here comes Mary. She is a created being. God, God is your creator. And Genesis tells us that you were made in his image. And Jesus died to make you right, to reconcile you back to God. And now, because of his shed blood, you have access to God in the name of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. I encourage you to go look it up. And if you choose not to believe it, then you are a Bible denier in that area. You're saying, I know the word says this, but I just think. You're elevating a man's opinion or maybe your own opinion over the word. Jesus said, go to the Father in my name. Check this out. The Lord's Prayer. The disciples said, teach us how to pray. And he didn't say, Oh, Mary, hail Mary, full of grace, um, help us get our prayers to God. No. He said, oh, you guys want to know how to pray? Go in your room, close the door when no one else is there, and pray to who? Pray to your Father in heaven who hears you. And this is how you pray. Our Father who, out in heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Who, who are they supposed to be talking to right now? 
They're supposed to be talking to God. Jesus literally tells these guys the way to pray is to go get alone and you talk to God on your own. And you do this in the name of Jesus. Why? Because it is in the name of Jesus that we have the access and ability and authority to approach a holy God because we are sinful people and we can't approach a holy God without being made right with him. The shed blood of Jesus on the cross has cleansed us of all of our sins, Colossians 1 tells us. He has imputed his righteousness to us. Righteousness means we are in right standing with God. And now I can confidently approach the throne where God is and seek him. I can come after him in prayer. I can worship him directly. I have access to my father. I don't need anyone in heaven's help. I don't need Abraham. I don't need Moses. I don't need Elijah. I don't need King David. I need no one but God himself. And guess who is my intercessor, my mediator? Guess who is working on my behalf daily with the Father? Jesus, his son. For you to ignore that or deny that is saying that you know better than the Bible, that you trust in the traditions and opinions of man and your father or your pope or whoever more than the Bible because I'm telling you, the Bible says you can go straight to God in the name of Jesus. Who is more powerful than Jesus? Is Mary on Jesus' level? Is Mary equal to Jesus even? Absolutely not. So why would you put someone before Jesus? That is an idol, and you're breaking the first commandment. Let's not be people that are deceived. Maybe you've been raised in a wrong tradition, in a wrong religion. There's a lot of things wrong with man-made religion, and that's covering all religions. Let's stick to the Bible, and you test this. You test this word. Take this word, and you go match it up against the Bible, and you ask God. Don't ask Mary. I don't care what kind of experience you've had because you talked to Mary. Your experience is not elevated over the word of God. You're going to be judged by the word one day, not by your experience. Come on, let's not be deceived. And the way we avoid being deceived, we stick to the Bible. Amen? Listen, I hope this helped. I'm not going to do a discussion with anyone. I'm done talking about this. We've hammered this point home. We've broken down a lot of the scriptures. And again, I'll leave you with this. Find me one scripture that tells you to pray to anyone other than God through Jesus Christ. You won't find it. You will never find it. And if you try to pull something out of the Old Testament, you've totally missed it. The Old Testament has been fulfilled. It was a type and shadow that pointed to what was to come. Jesus has come, and he showed us what the Father looks like. Now, we need to live for him. Amen? Hey, thanks for listening. Look, if this episode helped you, spoke to you, clarified anything, please share it. Text it to people. Post it on social media. Tag me. I'll repost it. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time.